You're listening to Dr. Tim's Aquatic Podcast. Hey, everybody, Dr. Tim and Hillary for another version of the Dr. Tim Aquatics podcast right before Christmas. How are you doing, Hillary? I'm doing good. You know, the last time we talked, I was like, oh, am I going to have time to send out my Christmas cards? I got the pig positioned in front of the tree, put a Santa hat on top of them. Okay, fine. I photoshopped the Santa hat in, but <laughs> got all my Christmas cards made and sent them out. So I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. Thought you were not going to do that. No, I always send Christmas cards. (laughs) Christmas cards and cookies. Those are the two things that I do every single year. I didn't get a Christmas card or cookies. Well, you just got to wait for the mail to get there. (laughs) Okay. That could be a while. Yesterday, there was no mail anywhere. So anyway, but we've got mail talking about that. Uh (laughs) (laughs) What a lead in getting good at this Uh, in our mailbox, virtual or email box, uh, lots of questions. So you want to jump right in, jump on in. All right. So first one, hello, Dr. Tim. I just recently dosed some refresh in a tank that has dinos. A couple of hours later, the fish were struggling to breathe and two may even die. What would cause this to happen? We added air stones to try and save as many as possible, but don't know what to do. I don't see anything on the bottle that says it would cause the oxygen levels to drop. Now we have an update on this one since they sent that first one. Update, good news, we were able to save all seven fish. We thought two were going to die, but they pulled through. It just baffles me that this happened, even though we underdosed the tank. I mean, it's it's good that they underdosed the tank. Um, What they didn't talk about was did they try to remove as much of the dino physically beforehand? Because many species of dinoflagellates, when they're stressed or when you're breaking them open, killing them, release a toxin. And that's probably what happened because the refresh is not like the waste away in that it's the refresh doesn't multiply super fast. So it's not going to quickly suck oxygen out of the water. So I think this was more of a response to a release of toxic substances from the dinos, which is why it's always a good idea to siphon clean your substrate of, of as much dinos as you can. Even if you really don't see it, you know, they're down there. Try to physically remove as much as you can. If your infestation is really bad, cut the first dose down by 75%. You, you, you can always add more, add a little bit, wait an hour, add a little bit more. Um, they did reduce the dosage, but they didn't say by how much. So it's hard to say, but I'd say it's a response to the release of toxins from the dinoflagellates. And uh, that, that can happen. You just have to be prepared. And that's one reason why you should never treat a tank and walk away. And this goes for whether you're using refresh waste away or any other manufacturer's products every tank is different and how it's going to react and is just pretty it's it's unpredictable you know you can have 99 good outcomes and then one bad so never just uh treat the tank and in late evening and go to bed treat it when you can see what's going on you're present and you can keep an eye on the tank and monitor intervene 
if something like this happens where they're able to solve, to save everything, which is great news. And this can just uh, that happens happen. So you've got to be there to be able to intervene. Yep. And, and something I'd like to add to that. I know if you use the recipe card with the refresh and the waste away, um, that's one of the parts of the recipe. Is it like, and even I think if you use waste away, like do your water change first and like clean first and then go out and use the products, just, you know, put yourself at like the best starting point possible. And then. Right. And, and take two reasons for that is, you know, you're getting rid of this tox, potentially toxins, but also you're trying to give yourself re- rebalance it. As, as I've said numerous times, it's a numbers game. And if the dinos severely outnumber the waste away or the refresh, they've, you know, got a head start. But if you can clean them out and reduce their numbers substantially, you switch the, the game around. And now the refresh or the waste away way will outnumber the dinos and can work better. So that's another reason why you should always clean your tank before you use any of these uh, products. Okay, moving on. Question number two. I did a 25% water change three days ago. My nitrites are still at five parts per million plus. My nitrates are around five as well. um, And it hasn't spiked. What should I do? Should I continue to dose with ammonia and wait? Right now, it's day 10. Well, definitely do not continue to dose ammonia. As we've mentioned numerous times, if your ammonia or nitrite is above five, stop dosing ammonia. Bacteria are not going to starve. They'll be fine. And uh, why it doesn't seem like it hasn't come down is that... the person doesn't say what test kit they're using, but very few to, I don't know really of any, um, test kits measure nitrite that high. So once, you, once you're at that top level, that deep purple, you really have to do dilutions to get an idea of what the value is. I mean, you know it's above five, but is it seven, 10, 20? So you, you'd have to do dilutions of the aquarium water with really good you know, RODI water to, to know what your nitrites are, to know if things have peaked or are coming down. But definitely don't add ammonia and uh, you've got choice. You can do another water change, which which is always good. But when you do a water change in your fishless cycling, don't clean the substrate. The bacteria are in the substrate. They're not in the water. So if you go and siphon clean the substrate, you're taking all the bacteria out in a new situation or new tank because they haven't had time really to attach and grow. And so you've got to leave them in there. So siphon cleaning the gravel is counterproductive during the first 30 days. You should just take water out of the water column and do a big water change. Don't add ammonia and turn the temperature up, reduce the salinity. So these bacteria can, uh, grow faster and start working to reduce the nitrite. Yep. And be patient. <laughs> Patience is the key. Yes, it is. I, I, we posted a, a meme on our social media the other day, and I think I sent it to you about like the hardest pill to swallow so your tank hasn't cycled yet, <laughs> which I feel like is relatable to just about everybody. Yep. Yeah. I added the bacteria. How come it's not done? When did you add the bacteria? An hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Doesn't how much? Doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. Things yeah. still take time. All right. Question number three, and I'll try and describe this because there's a photo that goes along with it. 
hi, I'm in the UK. And after listening to your podcast, I wanted to buy some waste away gels. Thanks first off for listening to our podcast. We very much appreciate that. It's always nice to get feedback from you guys. Um, so this one, it has a photo of the, uh, gels, but it's in the, my ASF packaging with different logos. Um, are these the real thing or are they knockoffs? They are the real thing in Europe. We partner with Aquarium Systems France, ASF, uh, in the U and in the UK, they have distribution facilities and salespeople there. So it is the real stuff made actually here in the US. We just make it in European packaging because they have to have six or seven or eight different languages and we only need one. Yep. It's all good. Same stuff, just different packaging. Do we want to touch a little, like, just because I feel like this is such a good intro, do we want to touch on the My Aquarium Systems at all? Yeah. You know, well, like I said, we, we partner with Aquarium Systems France, which is a fantastic company began in 1964. Now the second generation is leading it. They have a wonderful production facility, sales staff, management staff, and they have a satellite facility in the UK. And so they sell our Dr. Tim's products or we co-brand with them in both locations because their name is, is well known. And uh, so it's two plus two kind of equals five. You get built up quality and you can reach them at or us through my as my dash asf.com both teams will see things and monitor that whether you're looking for dr tim's products in europe look for it uh branded from uh aquarium systems france yep well it's good and if you're i'm, I'm going to push the test kits just you know um so we do have test kits and they have if you're looking at them here in the U.S., they do have a similar sort of packaging and stuff. And you can get those on our website or um, through Mondial Pet Products here in the U.S., but also you can get them over in Europe as well. Yep. Yay. <laughs> okay, moving on. Question number four. I was told that you may have some product to help me in my situation. I accidentally used additives and stripped out my nitrates, phosphates, Stripped out my nitrates and phosphates. All other parameters, alkalinity, magnesium, calcium, salinity, etc., are fine. I have zero nitrates. I use the API test kit. Barely any phosphates, 0.03. I use the salivert kit. But I have algae in the sand bed. It goes away mostly at night. And some dusty, sooty-looking, stringy algae covering my rocks. Do you have any suggestions? Someone told me that I need to outcompete the algae with good bacteria. Well, that person probably has a case of dinoflagellates. When when the quote algae disappears at night, and then you turn on the light comes on in the morning, and the tank looks good, but as the day progresses, the tank gets worse and worse in terms of the brown creeping crud covers the substrate and you get the stringy stuff coming up from the substrate or the live rock. And maybe there's bubbles attached to it. That is sure case dinoflagellates because they're photosynthetic and they kind of, I won't say die back, but regress back when the lights are off. And then when the lights are on, because they're photosynthetic, they start growing like crazy. That's one of the reasons why the way to really get rid of dinos and, and clean up your tank is the dark phase where you wrap the tank for three days in black plastic, no light whatsoever, because that really stresses the dinos. And then you combine that stress with hitting them with the refresh and that just knocks them flat and uh, we can win the battle over dinos. So, but, but as the reader 
is mentioning, if your nitrates and phosphates are zero or super low, for nitrate below five, for phosphate uh, below 0.03, all the action you take will eventually be in vain because the environment, nothing else can really grow in that situation. You can temporarily make the tank look good, but the dinos are going to come back because the environment favors the dinoflagellates. Why? Because they can break down organics and they're photosynthetic. So they don't need nitrate and phosphate in the water. The, the bacteria, like our waste-away bacteria, they need nitrate and phosphate in the water. Or even the cyanose uh, bacteria, they need phosphate in the water. But it, So the situation, your, your water quality is favoring dinos over everything else. That's what you're going to get. You can't really defeat Mother Nature. So you need some add some amino acids, start feeding a little bit more something to get the nitrates and phosphates back up. Running zero nitrates and phosphates, you're going to get dinos sooner or later. There's just no doubt about it. So long-term fix, get your phosphate about 0.05, get your nitrate between 5 and 10, and then you'll have this, the water quality will be where you can favor a bacteria, uh, you know, the pelagic bacteria, the waste away bacteria environment versus a dinoflagellate environment. Good advice and good advice that was given to whoever had this problem. And thank you for coming to us. Question number five, I was rushed and purchased your one and only product on Amazon, but I didn't look at which one it was. I ended up purchasing one for fresh water and dumped it in my salt water tank. What do I do now? Please help. First, don't panic. None of our products are toxic, none of the bacteria products. So putting fresh water, one and only, in a salt water or reef tank is not going to cause any harm. Also, because we get this, well, I have a reef tank and I bought the salt water version. Is that going to ruin things? The salt water version of one and only waste away equal balance is exactly the same as the reef version of one and only or waste away or equal balance. Okay. You're jumping my questions. <laughs> for the, the record i do not see the questions before <laughs> all spontaneous she does not email me the questions before so okay sorry about that hillary uh trying to lead you in there but anyway so what should you do well adding the fresh water to the system is better than not adding any bacteria but you're not going to cycle as fast so you have two choices you can be patient, let the bacteria work just because none of these products, we don't grow 100% pure one type of ammonia or nitrite oxidizer. That's, that's virtually impossible unless you're in a rigorous lab setting. And what I've learned in my 25 or more years of doing this is we really don't want these single strain mixes of ammonia or nitrite oxidizers. These organisms grow better together as a consortium, which means a group of bacteria. So the freshwater ones uh, will kind of die off, but there's going to be some strains in there that will grow fine in salt water. It's just going to take them a while, but not as long as if you didn't have any bacteria at all. 
So you can just let uh, things take their course. They'll work faster than doing nothing. Or you can go and get a bottle of the salt water or reef and put it in there. What you don't want to do, don't waste your time and effort by siphoning things out and changing and starting over. We get that where people have already done it. I dumped the fresh water in the salt water tank. I cleaned everything out and now I started over. Well, you shouldn't have done that. It's not going to harm anything. It's not going to slow anything down. It's just not going to be as fast as if you'd add the salt water bacteria. Yeah, don't panic. Yeah, a lot of it's going to be toxic. All my fish are going to die. Well, you don't have fish in there yet. And so uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, be patient and don't panic. Isn't that like that British thing? Oh, yeah. Stay calm and carry on. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, stay calm and cycle on. Okay, we can get shirts okay. like that, right? I, I was just going to say, I feel like we need shirts <laughs> or stickers or something like that. Like that'll be our 2022. That's it. I like that. <laughs> it's perfect. So many ideas come out of these podcasts. It's, yes. How many are good? They're all good ideas. Right? Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> you know, just you got to find the right application. Okay. Um, I want to reduce my nitrates and phosphates. If I use Waste Away and MP Active Pearls, do they have the same result? Um, if I use the pearls, can I dose Waste Away once a week as normal? How does all this work? Uh, let's start at the end. Yes, you can uh, dose Waste Away while using the pearls in the beginning, small amounts of Waste Away. You don't need a, a full amount. Um, now, how does this all work? Well, the idea behind the waste away, adding waste away, is that your system doesn't have enough bacteria to consume or assimilate, which means I hate the word eat when it comes to bacteria, but good enough for now. Basically, the bacteria consume the phosphate and nitrate, producing more bacteria. Because in order to divide the cell, whether it's an individual bacterium cell or a bunch of cells in a fish or a coral, they all need nitrate, phosphate, and carbon. So we assume the system has carbon in it that's available to the bacteria. Uh, and it has nitrate and phosphate because you can measure that. What it doesn't have is enough bacteria because you're over skimming, using an ozonizer, UV, you know, just all this stuff that people have been taught you have to have is eliminating the bacteria in the water column. And that leads to the dinos or the cyanos or the algae. So and people, well, you know, I, I've got all this stuff and I still have lots of phosphate and nitrate. Yes, you do. Because as I've said many times, most of the phosphate is in the organic form and only un bounds through various processes. I won't go down that road into what's called soluble reactive phosphate, SRP, which is the type you can measure. You can't measure the total phosphate in your system. You can only measure a very small portion of it. And so when you're trying to get rid of it, one of the best things to do is remove organics because phosphate loves to stick to stuff. And where are those organics? Well, that's the particulate, the detritus, and that can be trapped all over the place. That's why you want lots of flow. You don't want dead spots where material can accumulate because that's just this reservoir of phosphate that's slowly being released as the bacteria break down that organic material. So the real key to phosphate control is, yes, limit, limit the inputs and how much are you feeding and are you overfeeding, but also 
where is the reservoir in your tank? Get rid of as much organic material as you can in the system. And yes, you, you can use, I mean, the, then the bacteria will go to work, but people expect the bacteria to work these miracles. But if you have this big reservoir of organic material that's in a, you know, under all the live rock or stuck someplace that you can't get to, it's just going to basically leach out and you're going to just think that you're not making any headway because you have all this organic stuff that's that's a reservoir feeding your system you know you're talking about reservoirs and like in the main tank look for this stuff in your sump too yes yes everywhere even even in your in your tubing you know people have all this tubing that goes back and forth and you know that grows all this grunge and stuff in there it severely reduces the flow rate and it's just a big reservoir so clean that out and so, so how does this work? So with when you're adding liquid waste away, you're adding bacteria that are going to consume the nitrate and phosphate, and then the skimmer releases them. If you have a big system, well, that, you know, you've got to add a lot of the liquid or you've got to put it on a dosing pump or something like that. But pearls, on the other hand, they are a, a place where the bacteria can live because if you, you're adding liquid waste away, I forgot this part, and you have a skimmer, the skimmer is removing the bacteria. That's what we want. You're adding bacteria, they consume nitrate and phosphate, producing more bacteria. The skimmer removes the nitrate and phosphate. This is the uh, difference between using a bacteria regimen to control nitrate and phosphate and using a refugia. In a refugia where you have the calerpa or keto or something like that, you're growing the keto. The keto are taking out the phosphate nitrate, growing more keto. But until you remove the keto, physically cut some off and remove it, you actually haven't removed the phosphate and nitrate from the system. Using a skimmer and bacteria, the skimmer does that final step automatically for you. Now, if you've got a big tank or you want to have a longer contact time, meaning give bacteria more time to remove phosphate and nitrate because you're generating a lot. This is typical with fish tanks, fish only tanks that have just lots of fish and feeding tons, you know, literally pounds of material a day. Yes, there are people that do that. If you have the MP active pearls in a reactor, they're made of biodegradable carbon, which the f- bacteria need, but they're also a substrate that the bacteria can grow on, the good bacteria. And the skimmer doesn't remove the bacteria until the bacteria biofilm breaks off. And it just a little bit breaks off. It goes into the water, the corals eat it, or fish-only tank, you've got good circulation. That bacterial material is is removed by the skimmer as it's kept up in the water, but you still have bacteria growing on the pearls that are in the reactor. So you have this constant source of bacteria removing phosphate and nitrate. And when it gets, the colony gets so big because the pearls are rubbing up against each other, some breaks off, goes into the water, and then the skimmer removes it. So it's a much more efficient way. So they're doing the same thing. They're just going about it in a slightly different format. Neither one is wrong. It all depends really upon how big your tank is and how much you're feeding. If you are feeding a lot, you need a big population of bacteria to control the nitrates and phosphates to keep the algae down, in a, especially in a fish-only live rock system. Oh, that was loud. <laughs> I, think, I think I got both the answers right. Yeah, I think so. Got it all covered. Yep. Okay. 
question number seven. I was just wondering if you're meant to still get an ammonia reading once you start up your tank after you have fish in it. Well, it, it, yes. When you, you set up the tank, you cycle, and then you start adding fish, you might have a little bit of ammonia reading for a little while. But generally, at some point, a few weeks after adding fish, you shouldn't have ammonia reading. You shouldn't have a nitrite reading. If you are and the, either you don't have enough filtration material, you know, su substrate or uh, maybe your test kits are bad. But eventually the ammonia should be zero. Just you shouldn't be reading at all. Same with the nitrite. Now, this part wasn't asked, but I'm just if this person is new to the hobby and hasn't ever set up a fish tank before, they're not super familiar. When you say a small amount, how would you define a small amount? I know we hate to give exact numbers, but just say like, I don't know, below a certain point would be considered small or above a certain point would be caution. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people use, you know, not so great test kits. And if it's reading 0 0.2, 0 0.25 ammonia, don't worry about it. Remember, there's two forms of ammonia, the, the NH3 ammonia and then NH4 plus ammonium. Only the NH3 is toxic and it's a small percentage of the two combined. So don't panic. It's, and these, some of these test kits give false positives. They always say there's a little bit of ammonia in the system. Don't don't worry about it. You're looking at it under a light. Is it green? Is it yellow? You know, just where is it? Figure it's zero. And when it, if it turns green and you can see it's green and then you have ammonia, then, then, you know, maybe you've got to do something, but don't chase that. It's got to be this zero. Cause there's just, uh, these, these test kits are not, you know, $5,000 analytical instruments. They're $5 indicating, uh, things. So don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. And if you still have questions, feel free. We are here and happy to try and help. We want to see you succeed in taking care of your fish and your aquariums. And we want you to be long-term hobbyists like we are. And less stress because, you know, they, people, you know, run for the hill screaming ammonia, ammonia, ammonia. And yes, it can be toxic. These test kits are not fine analytical instruments. They're indicators. So if you're having trouble distinguishing, do I have it? Do I don't? Is it right there? 0 0.25, 0 0.5. Don't stress out. Just uh, let the system ride and uh, come back, you know, see in a day or two. And if he keeps on saying that, because a lot of people, you know, it's got this constant ammonia. What's your nitrite? Well, it never has any nitrite. That pretty much tells me that you're getting a false ammonia reading. Yep. And do you feel like if you have ammonia, maybe if, if you see that, if you're nervous, maybe feed lightly, like don't feed, don't be heavy handed. Right. And fish don't need to be fed five times a day. Fish what? Don't, no. <laughs> they don't need to be fed every day. They're not pigs. No. You know what? Frank would beg to differ. <laughs> Frank's not a fish. He is a fish. He called me into food this morning before we even podcast. He had breakfast before I did. Well, that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. But, yeah, you know, just like you said, reduce the feeding. The main thing is don't don't go into panic mode. Panic mode never hurt, never helps anything. Calmly think about what you can do, what your options are. Obviously, you can do a water change. But with the ammonia, just take a second reading. Is is your are your vials clean? Did you, you know, they rinsed well, and I don't mean clean with soap, you know, but just rinse really well with uh, deionized water. Here, uh, you know, we, we do test kits, you know, the color metric test kits because they're quick and easy. We don't always do all our readings with probes and uh, machinery or instrumentation. But what I do, we rinse everything out, and then I always keep the vials 
in a container of deionized water and I change that water out every few days. I don't, I don't expose them to air. You can get dust. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. So I always keep them in water. Interesting advice. It's really important if you're phos- you're doing phosphate because people are measuring and they're using the Hannah checkers and all these and they're trying to measure at 0.02 and 0.03. And, and you, then you look and they send you a picture and it's the dirtiest vial you've ever seen. <laughs> You know, it's like, what do you do? You've got phosphate sticky at once. It's just so easily can contaminate a, a phosphate test. And so the vials for phosphate are only used for phosphate, nothing else. And after they're washed, you know, phosphate free soap, rinsed in deionized water, they're kept in a small acid bath, never exposed to air, never exposed, you know, to anything. They're always underwater in a little acid bath to keep the phosphate away. That's how you have to treat glassware, testing glassware for doing the low level phosphate. I have flashbacks to college when I was in an internship and when they didn't have any like field work for us to do, we would have to like go in the lab and just like help clean vials. Like you would clean it and then you would rinse it three times and rinse it again. And then nobody nobody likes to clean glassware. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's the whole thing? You're using all these glassware, all these vials. If they're dirty, then you're starting out, you know, in a, in a hole with uh, right at the beginning. So yeah, got to have clean glassware. Yep. All right, back on track. <laughs> okay. Hi, I have a 600 liter African cichlid tank with a sump filter, purigen canister, and an Aquari Pure nitrate filter. I'm having trouble cycling nitrate filter despite dosing twice per week with 80 proof vodka as recommended. My nitrates are still high despite doing regular water changes and having low numbers of fish. My nitrites are zero. Would you advise injecting one and only into the nitrate filter? Can I then dose the filter with 80 proof? Thanks. Send us the vodka and uh, (laughs) 80 proof vodka. Is that what that person says? Yep. I don't, I didn't know they made that. I thought vodka was like 40 to 45, like the rest. Anyways. It's the um, good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's called fire water. Uh, (laughs) Run your truck on it. Um, Okay. First adding the one and only bacteria to, so let's back up. What's this person trying to do? You mentioned a brand of filter. I wasn't familiar with that, but I'm sure if you look it up, it's trying to establish a denitrifier. So you're they're, what they're trying to do is, I'm assuming, denitrification. Um, the only way denitrification work is if the environment where the special type of bacteria, the denitrifiers grow, is anaerobic, which means the oxygen level in the water in the filter box or device has to be below one. That that level is up to debate, but it has to be at least one or lower for the bacteria to start doing the denitrification where they take nitrate and they reduce it to nitrite. And then they take the nitrite and reduce that to nitrous oxide and then reduce that to nitrogen gas, which then off gases. And so if they're not getting that established, that's telling me that the system is still aerobic, meaning the oxygen levels are too high. And it's kind of like trying to pound, you know, a square peg in a round hole. It's nothing but frustration. So there's two parts. One and only are not the right bacteria. One and only is only autotrophic 
nitrifying bacteria. So it's the ammonia oxidizers and the nitrite oxidizers. Waste away bacteria can do denitrification. The system has to be, like I said, low oxygen, not anoxic. Uh, there's a couple, one company in particular out there, you know, promote anoxic zones. And that just shows a complete lack of knowledge of what bacterial processes are in saltwater systems and in general. The waste away bacteria, these heterotrophic bacteria, when there's lots of oxygen in the water, they assimilate, meaning they take and incorporate nitrate and phosphate into the cells and they grow more bacteria. If they're in a anaerobic zone, meaning the oxygen level is above zero, but below uh, one, what they're going to do is instead of taking oxygen to, to get respiration, they're going to start taking nitrate and reducing it but and to nitrite or the other chemical substances I mentioned. And that's where they're getting energy. But that can only happen. They're not growing cells. This is this is not assimilation. So you're not getting more cells. It's how the cell is staying basically alive. If the water goes completely oxygen free, anaerobic or anoxic, sorry, my fault, anoxic, no oxygen at all, then the bacteria, the same bacterial cell takes sulfate and salt water has plenty of sulfate and they start producing hydrogen sulfide. And hydrogen sulfide gas is going to kill everything in the system. It's going to kill the fish, the corals, the nitrifying bacteria. You're going to wipe the whole system out. So there's no way you want to be producing or encouraging anoxic zones in your aquarium. Okay, so I'll get off that soapbox and <laughs> little pet peeve there. Uh, but in the case of this, basically this the the filter hasn't gone anaerobic. Oh, and so it's, now why are they feeding the vodka? So what happens when you do denitrification, you establish this anaerobic zone, you have plenty of nitrate in the water, but in order for the reaction to happen, you have to have an organic source because these are heterotrophic bacteria. Remember, heterotrophs need complex carbon, not, not CO2 like autotrophs. They need complex sucrose, glucose, alcohol, vodka. So the idea is you have the bacteria. They're in this anaerobic zone. You bump up the system or kind of you know, dose prime the system with an organic carbon, in this case, vodka, and the bacteria will reduce nitrate to nitrite. What they're missing is basically they don't have an anaerobic zone. How you get one, it takes a long time. You have to really reduce the flow rate. And, and like I say, I'm not familiar with the filter they mentioned. Um, in general, I find it very hard for even an experienced home aquarist. And, and actually, it's very hard for a professional aquarist at a big public or private you know, aquarium to do denitrification because it's easily spoiled in terms if you have too much water flow, the system's aerobic, the bacteria don't want to do what you want to do. If you have way too little water flow, the system goes anoxic, and then you're in deep trouble. It's very hard to do denitrification in an aquarium without really having your, your hand on the pulse of the system constantly. How's that for a long-winded answer, Hillary? But I felt it's, it's a thorough answer. The thorough, that's it. Thorough, not long-winded. Um, just just because you establish and put that box in line doesn't mean they're going to denitrify. That's just not what's going to happen. 
you've got to have, as I said earlier, um, with with the cyanodino and and algae and bacteria, the water chemistry determines what's going to happen. And and you just can't defeat the basic laws of water chemistry. So you're not going to do denitrification unless you have an anaerobic zone for the bacteria to do their thing. Got another idea for a post. And if, you're really inter- if, you're, if you're really interested in this topic, I have a talk on our YouTube channel that I gave at um, a quality so a few years ago on different ways of doing denitrification. And so it, it goes into much more detail about this process. Have you ever thought of like having a semester long instructional course like Dr. Tim's aquarium science class? Hillary, you're fired. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and, and when are we going to do this, Hillary? Two two a.m. to three a.m. Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. <laughs> you know, after after the new year, things are going to be like slower in the new year. Oh, sure they are. Really? Do you know something I don't know? Uh, just a large dose of optimism. <laughs> You're much younger. Uh, that would be great. I don't know how we would do that. How uh, I don't know. It would. It definitely, I think, would be would be wonderful. I just don't know how you go about doing that. There's a new something for you to think about as you're in the aquarium cleaning class. You know, how can we do an online Dr. Tim's University? I like this. We're gonna. I've got ideas now. Okay, I may have created a monster. Okay, you're, you're hired. You're rehired. <laughs> You know, when I'm in this in the aquarium cleaning, there's a lot of there's six hours of time to think. So I just need to take one of those little scuba boards down there so I can like write notes as I go. That's it. All right. Um, let's see. I surface an aquarium where the water turned green. Besides water, but besides water changes, which of your products should I use? Um, well, you you want to be very careful about killing a bunch of green water because that water turned green, which means it's full of algae cells. So you go and you add, and we don't have anything like this. So it'll just kill them outright. You kill all these algae cells. Now you've got a bunch of dead organic material in your aquarium. What's going to happen? Bacteria are going to feed on that like crazy, breaking that down because that's what they do. And they're going to suck lots of oxygen out of your system, which is then going to kill your fish. So now you've got clear water and dead fish versus green water and live fish. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cure was worse than the, than the, than the situation. So uh, it's better instead of treating the symptom, the green water, find the cause. Why do you have green water in the first place? Um, a lot of people just assume that their light timer is working. That's a site because that's one cause is your lights are just on all the time or are your your lamps really old and they've shifted or is there something feeding all this green algae? It can't come from anywhere. They're reproducing to such an extent the water is you know, green, there has to be a food. What's that food? Are you dosing some something that's feeding them? Is there possibly a dead spot where there's some, you know, dead animals decaying or something like that? So I would work towards looking very carefully at where are the nutrients that are feeding this green algae, eliminating them 
And then the problem will take care of itself rather than just going in and wholesaling, killing them. Uh, obviously, a good UV filter would keep the water clean and, and that's fine. But realize that a good UV filter is not only killing the green algae, but it's killing the pelagic bacteria, which we want to promote in the system. Um, so be careful about that. But but really find find the cure. I, I, none of our products are going to kill green algae outright. It's just, uh, yeah, we just don't make those types of products. I feel like I'm going to story time real quick. So when I was a service technician, one of the tanks that I used to take care of was in um, the kids wing at a major hospital. And we came, they called us and they're like, the tank is green. We're like, what? Like we didn't do anything. Like did somebody put something in there? Like, why is it green? And it was green, green. Like you could not see through it was green. And we, we did all sorts of troubleshooting. We did big water changes, came back like multiple times, tried to fix it. And then a month and a half down the road, we found out that they were doing construction in the oncology section, like the other side of the building. And somehow they had messed with the source water and the source water had all sorts of stuff that was just being like when we were doing water changes was just being put back into the tank and we had no idea. So yeah, do your troubleshooting, figure out why your water's green. Okay. I'm going to go over this one. I think you covered most of it earlier, but it's on here. Um, I recently started up a new tank and used one and only after putting the product in the water, I realized I bought the one and only for reef, not for fresh water. Can I still cycle the tank? Do I need to drain the tank and start over? It's been a week and still no change in ammonia. We're sitting around four parts per million. I've watched a few of your videos and you mentioned that the salt water one and only is safe to use in fresh, but not vice versa. What about if I use the reef in fresh water? The reef? Uh, one and only should be fine in fresh water. Those bacteria can tolerate uh, and do well in fresh water. So I'm not sure why your the, the ammonia hasn't moved. I would have asked, have you seen any nitrite in the system? Maybe they're using live sand or something like that. But but the bacteria, uh, the saltwater bacteria do well in fresh water. The freshwater bacteria, however, don't do that well in salt water. It's kind of not what we thought, but I showed that years ago. Um, so the bacteria are fine. I don't know why you would have ammonia. I, I do a water change um, and check my test kits. Good advice. Okay. Our last question today. Are you ready? Woo. <laughs> Uh, good afternoon or good morning, Dr. Tim. I was listening to your podcast. Yay, thank you, which I thoroughly enjoy. You mentioned the Dr. Tim's coffee mug and spoon. I looked on the website and couldn't find it anywhere to purchase. I would love to have one for my coffee cup collection. How do I go about getting one of those? That's a Hillary question. <laughs> uh, I, I'll share one. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Usually we give them away as a contest or maybe at a show. Or if you post something. Um, oh, you're right. We still have an ongoing post for the gels. So if you go and post a photo of using the gels in your tank, the coffee mug is yours because we haven't had anybody enter that contest. And it makes me really sad. All right. There you go. The first, what do you want to say? Five people that post and say, send me a coffee cup, please. Okay. In that. Do, do we have five coffee cups <laughs> <laughs> before we commit to that? Yes. Yeah, five coffee cups. All right. Yes. So. Oh, it's got to be domestic. We cannot send coffee cups across the world. It's freaking expensive. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So. In the continental USA. Yeah. 
So well, Hawaii and Alaska too. So in the U.S., but uh, not overseas. And Canada, no, you're no. freaking expensive to ship to Canada. All you right, got to so yeah. you want the free coffee cup. Yep. So comment on the post. I will be looking out for that and let us know. And what's that post again? Um, it's a post. It's a couple. It's probably a month ago about share a photo of the waste away gels in your tank. So fresh water, fresh water or salt water. Yep. Really any of them. If you've got a turtle tank, even better. True. Shrimp, share away. So, And, you know, with the gels, uh, they're really good at keeping it doing a couple of different things. One, they keep the water clean, but also that bacterial biomass, the film that you can sometimes see on the outside of the gel, shrimp love that because that's what they're eating. They're picking at that. It's just natural, uh, organic food full of, uh, you know, bacteria, but bacteria are food for all sorts of other little things that you can't see unless you get in there with a microscope. And that's what the shrimp are eating. So it's a whole community there of really good live food for your shrimp. All okay. right. Well, that wraps up all the questions that I've got for you today. Yep. If you have a question still, please send a message we do these once a month we answer the questions that you have even if it's something similar to what we've answered today slightly different um you know send it along all right everybody thank you very much happy holidays from dr tim that's me and hillary we that's me <laughs> and we're going to continue this madness january 1st is that a sunday what, what's yes. the day in january so january 2nd we have another little thing that we're doing on a weekly basis because I had a oh week. Oh my gosh, yes. I had a week moment and I agreed to this. So it's up to you, Hillary, whether you want to tell people now or stay tuned to our social media. Is it Instagram you're going to start doing this? Yep, they're going to be on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and tell you because I'm super, super excited about this. You guys, for months, I've been trying to convince him that we need to do bacteria jokes. So if you follow the Carnegie Museum of Natural History, every Monday they have Dr. Tim Pierce who gets on there and talks and does mollusk and snail jokes. And we are just going to carry along that torch. And Dr. Tim is going to do bacteria and maybe fish and aquarium jokes. So that's coming in the new year. And I'm so excited for it. And you're saying there are bacteria jokes. Well, I'll give you a little taste. Well, it's yes. bad. It's bad taste, but a little bit. Why are bacteria bad at math? Because they multiply by dividing. See, boom! You got this. You got this. <laughs> We're ready. Just because you haven't had enough of us, we I don't, You know, I love dad jokes, so it's going to take a lot. Well, you're, you're tired gonna, of it. We're, we're going to have a ton of them.